Hey, it's Stu with Bitcoin and Financial Independence, and I was reading a book last night. It's called Effortless by Greg McKeon. McKeon, however you say it. And he brought up this story and this point that made me think about Bitcoin, and I thought it was extremely applicable to the listeners of this podcast. I believe the story takes place in Chapter 13. It's an audiobook, so it's hard for me to keep track of this stuff, though. But he tells a story about one of his neighbors, uh, a friend of his, the husband, is going in for knee surgery, and the knee surgery goes well, but his recovery ends up not being very good. The pain starts to increase over time. And eventually what they found is that the medical team had left a small surgical instrument inside of his knee. This highly trained medical team with all these prestigious degrees had done something very careless and very avoidable. And it's because they relied on memory and they forgot an essential step. And so Greg makes the point that it's very tempting to say if only the medical staff had been thinking. But he flips that on its head and he says, if only the medical staff had not needed to think. And so what he goes on to make the point about is checklists. How important it is to have a very simple checklist that can prevent these easy, silly mistakes, these essential steps. This is what you do next. This is what you do. If they had simply had a laminated checklist in the operating room and said, yep, we did that, we did that, we did that. Oh, here's this next step. We've got to make sure everything's out. Retrieve this little tool or whatever. Uh, it would have been avoided. And he goes on in the chapter to talk about automation and how certain planes made early on by Boeing were so complicated to fly, had so many different things to pay attention to, you know, buttons to push, levers to pull, all sorts of stuff that they used to require two pilots. And so because of this, Boeing ended up not getting this government contract because the planes were too complicated to fly. And so Boeing went and automated everything and then came up with the B-52 bomber. And that was a pivotal plane, uh, head and shoulders above the rest, and key in World War II. So really interesting there, just the automation side of things. So those two stories highlighted by Greg show the power of kind of having this automated checklist. Um, he shares this quote by Alfred North Whitehead, a British mathematician turned American philosopher. And the quote says, civilization advances by extending the number of important operations we can perform without thinking about them. So if we look at this quote broadly, and I'll say it again in a little bit, you know, everyone used to hunt and gather, and that was your day. It's just finding food for the day or to forage, and eventually agriculture, essentially little villages or communities kind of became subsistence farmers. You, you grew what you needed, and also with some hunting probably and, and some foraging too. But over time, the farming and you know, even farming animals, right, um, livestock, became more and more specialized and more and more focused. And the tools for farming, for, for fruits and vegetables, um, became so industrialized with all these new tools that now less than 2% of the people in the world, I believe, at least in the United States, uh, that 2% number feeds the rest of the world. So 2% of the people pr can provide food for the 98%. Whereas back in the day, it was everyone making food for themselves. And what this ends up being is room for people to specialize and to learn specific skills. Well, this is how we get industrialization. So I'm going to say this quote again. Civilization advances by extending the number of important operations we can perform without thinking about them. 
And then Greg goes on to say that as many essential steps and activities as possible should be automated. Greg goes on to list some things that are automated that we typically don't think of as automated because we're so used to them. But the dishwasher, the dryer, you know, doing laundry, stuff like that. It's so much easier. You're not out in your backyard hand scrubbing every article of clothing for you and your kids or your family. So just all the time savings there. You're not, you're not drawing water. You're not going to collect water and carry water back to your house. So many things have been automated over time. Electrical, power, plumbing. And so trying to get to the point here, how does this tie into Bitcoin? Well, central banks. There is so much that hangs on central banks and monetary policy hedge funds and investors and real estate people and just everyone hangs on the words of Jerome Powell whenever the Federal Reserve Chair speaks. And they try to say, well, is he hawkish? Is he going to hike interest rates to curb inflation? Is he going to make money hard to come by? Is he going to dry up the liquidity? How hawkish is he? When will there be an end to these aggressive rate hikes that we've seen in the last year and a half or so? Is he softening a little bit? And when is easy money going to come back? And what are they going to do with the unemployment rate? If unemployment hits a certain point, are, are they going to reverse course and drop rates back to zero? You know, people are looking for that easy money, that 0% rate, the, the quantitative easing to kick in, basically the money to get printed up again, because the monetary supply is actually going down just a tad, I believe, uh, according to some charts that I saw on the Federal Reserve website. Uh, so. Yes, liquidity is drying up, and you're seeing this in tech stocks and, and just the overall stock market a little bit. Now, you as a more probably normal person than me, but you know what I see is there's so many people that are kind of guessing and discussing and, and just hanging on every word and parsing through the words of what he's saying and what most central banks are saying you know, in Europe and in Asia and China and what's China going to do. And this all affects what stock investors are going to do, what dividend funds are going to do, what home buyers and home builders and real estate investors and fix and flip and all the different type of investors, bond investors, um, even Bitcoin. It definitely benefited from the easy money of COVID and the stimulus checks because that money had to go somewhere and a lot of it went to Bitcoin and these other speculative assets. So that's the whole point is because of central banking, everything is very, very speculative. And what Bitcoin can do is essentially automate or make obsolete central banks. And the benefit to that would be we'd be going back kind of like how it was before 1971 when there was a gold standard and money was hard to create. You couldn't just push buttons on a computer and make up all this money out of thin air. You couldn't just issue debt uh, because it was tied to gold. So if you wanted more money, you had to dig up more gold. That's something that Bitcoiners like to call proof of work. You have to actually go create the money physically through a difficult process. And so that has led to all of these interesting asset bubbles with tech stocks in the early 2000s, with, with, with uh, real estate in 2007 through 2009, and huge valuation stretches uh, up into 2020 with a huge crash and then going back up with more easy money and now pulling back again. And so all of the speculation, it's really interesting. Um, now, this is not to say that there wasn't volatility in the stock market back before 1971, because there definitely was, but information moved a lot slower. And most of the problems or most of the volatility in the stock market came from the unknowns of production, you know, producing oil and cars and producing consumer goods 
versus the demand of people in America is changing as we continue to have new technology and stuff, along with wars. I mean, there was a lot of things that can make the stock market go up and down and all this different stuff, but it doesn't seem like the speculation was as rampant as it has been post-1971, and maybe I'm wrong there. I'm not fully versed on the history there. But what my point is, is that with Bitcoin, you have a simple, straightforward, predictable monetary policy that Bitcoin was going to issue a certain amount of Bitcoin every 10 minutes based on the code. And it's audited and it's controlled by nodes across the world, uh, whereas the central bank has never been audited, as far as I know. And it, no one has any clue what it's going to do. It's, it's just up to the whims of, you could say, uh, the Federal Reserve Chair and the board. And also, there's some political pressure there, even though it's not supposed to be political. It has gotten more and more political with Trump pressuring Fed chairs and maybe Biden a little bit. I'm not really sure, but I know that there has been some more politicalization that has been weird to watch. So it's a tricky subject, though, because it makes all of these bankers' jobs obsolete. But I do believe that Bitcoin, while it is volatile right now because it's monetizing, I do believe it would be more stable and predictable if we were on a Bitcoin standard over time, that the monetary policy wouldn't change for a war, it wouldn't change for uh, good times or bad times with production of all sorts of different things. And I would say that it could make bad times harder and good times not as good. I, th I think things would be a little bit more level. So that's kind of my thought. My tie-in is that Bitcoin is automating the role of central banks across the world. And it's a scary thing in a way. You know, I work with software. I work in the IT world. And at one point, I wanted to be a database administrator where you, you know, you set up databases and you decommission them. Uh, you, you back them up, you store them, disaster recovery, all these things that companies need to protect their data and to have everything squared away. But one of the things that scared me away from that was that every version that Oracle or Microsoft put out of their database, a little bit of your job gets automated away. It's kind of like self-driving cars with databases. They're getting better and better. You know, I believe Oracle even self-patches with no downtime and all the stuff. You used to have to you know, take servers down. And, and it, I, I did it actually as an intern in 2014 where I had to go through patching processes and it was from like 10 o'clock at night till two in the morning. It was a four-hour process. And now I don't think it's like that at all. It's completely different. And so a little bit of your job gets eaten away every time. Still, even now, with my current job being in the data analytics space, uh, the tools are getting better and better and simpler and simpler. Uh, the tool I'm using now is a low-code tool, meaning that business analysts, people without IT degrees, can probably figure stuff out and join up some data sets and get what they need. And so it's chipping away at some of my technical skills. Uh, we've seen chat GPT and all this stuff, people using it to write papers, people using it to write blog content, sales copy, all sorts of things. So automation is definitely scary, but this quote is really interesting. You know, I'll end with this quote again, Alfred North Whitehead, civilization advances by extending the number of important operations we can perform without thinking about them. It's a scary thought, but I will say as far as automation goes, you know, the, the person that can do that for their business in, in their company is probably going to do better and make more money. Automation is a big deal, and it's a huge value add to most employers. So interesting thoughts. Uh, this is going to tie in with another podcast I'm going to do, but I'm going to try to tie these in 
because it is scary to think about everything being automated with jobs and with driving, even with Tesla, central banks. You know, what are people supposed to do when a bunch of jobs get automated away, even restaurants, you know, self-checkout, all these things. So uh, I'd like to talk about that a little bit more because it, it does scare me and I think it scares a lot of people. Obviously, we have to provide for our family somehow. And I hope that I can share some insight there because I'm trying to figure this stuff out too. So with that, grab some free Bitcoin using my links for Swan or Strike. And remember, financial independence is doable. I'll be back with you soon.